Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 144, air date July 6th, 2017. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure, and as many of you know, I'm running for U.S. Senate. But today, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about something more educational. What is DNA? Some of you may know I was a little bit uh, saddened that I sent Elizabeth Warren, who's my competitor in the upcoming election race, a very nice DNA kit from 23andMe to really ask her to take the DNA test. In fact, I sent it to her home. It was actually gift wrapped. And unfortunately, she sent it back. But that's a topic that we'll get back to before the end of the show. But today, I want everyone to really understand what is DNA. You know, we all hear about what DNA is. We know that it's important. We know that it's in our bodies. In fact, it's in a lot of different things. But before the show is over today, or this talk is over today, you're really gonna understand what DNA is and why it's important and perhaps even what it has to do with politics. Let's start very simply. If you take Bob, Bob is interesting like all of us. Bob actually has within him or her, if it's um, Bob, sometimes Bobby, people call us a woman, um, Bob, uh, actually has 10 to 20 trillion cells. It's pretty amazing. We have 10 to 20 trillion cells inside our body. But what's even more interesting is in addition to this 10 to 20 trillion cells, we have about 100 trillion what people call bacteria, uh, microorganisms, microorganisms, viruses, etc. This is called what people now call the microbiome. Microbiome. It's a new word that you're going to see more and more of in biology, but it's called the microbiome. Biome, B-I-O-M-E, M-E. And uh, so in many ways, we're a walking jungle. Not only we are, are we are 10 trillion human cells, which are on, within us, but we're also this thing called the microbiome. Uh, you'll see a lot of literature coming out saying why it's important to eat fermented foods, why it's important to eat acidophilus, and it's really because it supports us. Anyway, but today, because we're interested in DNA, our DNA, we're gonna really focus on this we call those 10 to 20 trillion cells. Now, if we look at these 10 to 20 trillion cells, let's look at one cell and zoom in on it a little bit here. So if we take a cell, what I've just drawn for you is what's known as the cell membrane. This is called the cell membrane. Every cell has a cell membrane. Within the cell membrane is the cytoplasm. This is where all these cool reactions take place, which you'll come back to. But more importantly, there's a thing right here called the nucleus. This is the nucleus, N-U-C-L-E-U-S. This is the nucleus. Now what's fascinating is inside the nucleus is where we have DNA. So we have the cell membrane, we have the DNA, and we have the cytoplasm. What we'll come back to is we'll realize that DNA is used to create proteins. So this creates proteins. And by the way, DNA, as we'll talk in detail, is used to determine the different features of who you are. For example, if you have uh, uh, blue eyes, if you have blonde hair, if you have big feet, that's what DNA determines, and it determines it through the proteins that it creates. And inside the cytoplasm here, all these proteins play around with each other. And this is what they do. There's like a big dance of proteins. It's like one of those Monday night football diagrams. 
and this interactions of proteins is taking place inside the DNA. So now let's zoom in on this. Oh, by the way, to all of the very educated people who uh, really think Donald Trump and people are right-wing or fanatic or whatever you want to call them, that they're against borders, let me just make a slight point here. You notice that the human cell has a cell membrane. This is really a border. And this cell membrane protects the cell. It determines uh, what things go in. So for example, viruses are not allowed in. Hopefully if you have a good strong uh, immune system and certain things are allowed in that go through proper immigration. And by the way, if you look at the universe, if the sun is here and you have the earth over here, um, we also have an atmosphere, so gamma rays and certain things don't come into the earth. The bottom line is biology, astronomy teaches us that everything in nature has borders to protect us. So it's uh, very simple. We also need borders. Different story, but we can learn a lot from nature. Let's get back to DNA. Now, when you look at DNA here, what you notice is DNA, if you look closely inside the nucleus, is composed of uh, these things called chromosomes. Right? And in every cell, six chromosomes, okay? 46 chromosomes. You get, uh, when your parents got together, 23 of them came from your parents, uh, meaning 23 came from your mom and 23 came from your father, and so on. Like your uh, grandmother got 23 from her uh, great, uh, her mother and her father. But, but you have these 26 chromosomes, and, and that's a piece of chromosome, uh, a chromosome, and a chromosome is literally a big strand of DNA. So now let's zoom in on this chromosome here, and I'm gonna do it this way. So I'm gonna draw what's called a double helix of DNA like this. So this is DNA, it's got a left arm and a right arm, and if we were to zoom in on this, you'll notice that the DNA has what are called little, like little rungs on a ladder. These are called bases bases, B-A-S-E-S, base pairs. The reason it's called base pairs is there's a mirroring of this. So for every little base here, there's a mirror copy of it over here, etc. So this is what we have. And it continues like this all along the DNA chain. In fact, if you want to get a little more detailed, um, each of these base pairs are called, for example, A is for adenine, T is for tyrosine, G is for guanine, C is for cytosine. There are these four bases and the inverse would be on this side. A goes with T, T goes with A, G goes with C, and C goes with G, etc. So there's a mirror copy. But anyway, what really gets interesting is a particular set of bases, a set of bases codes, codes, the word codes for a particular gene. Okay? So set of bases codes for a particular gene, and this gene goes through a process of where we'll talk about transcription to get what's called messenger RNA, which then creates through process what's called translation to get a protein. So just to be simple, you got DNA all along the little ladder here, you got little sets of bases a set of base which codes for a particular gene. What do we mean by gene? This could be the gene for blue eyes, a gene for big feet, a gene for white skin. Okay? So now, the way this machinery takes place, how the gene 
goes through this thing called messenger RNA and protein is fascinating. It's engineering marvel. It tells you how nature, God, did something absolutely divine. And I'm amazed that all this took place. So I'm going to walk you through a little bit of it. Some of you, it may be uh, biology review. But what happens is if we zoom in on this little thing here, and I'm going to start over here. So if I take this little piece of DNA here, by the way, the DNA, um, which is in here, the messenger RNA leaves here, we'll come back to it, and in the cytoplasm there's a thing called a ribosome, and it, the messenger RNA goes through and it creates proteins, but we'll, we'll come, come into this. What I'm doing is I'm zooming in right here on this little piece of DNA. So you have a DNA piece here, which is bases, let's say again, A, T, C, G, T, and you have the inverse here. As we said, A goes with T, T goes with A, C goes with G, G goes with C, and this goes with A, for example. What happens, fascinating, is in the nucleus, a piece of this peels off when you want to code for a certain gene. Let's say this piece peels off. It goes out of the nucleus, so here's the nucleus, and it leaves, and this piece is called messenger RNA. Messenger, because it's a piece of a message. When it leaves, now we're in the cytoplasm, and here you have a thing called a ribosome. Okay, big machinery. It's like a factory. And this piece comes in, in fact, in Americans, it's an American factory, in Chinese, it's a Chinese factory. But this piece comes through here. So when this stuff comes through here, I'm gonna draw it back here, you got the, a, uh, you got the T, the A, the G, the C, and the A. Now what's fascinating is, as it comes through here, inside, we're in the cytoplasm here, there's little amino acid molecules. Valine is an amino acid, alanine, tyrosine. And what's important to remember is, by the way, when you eat a piece of meat or you eat a piece of tofu or whatever if you're vegetarian, when you eat that, which is protein, your body takes that protein, it digests it up, and it breaks it up into amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein. So what we're doing here is we want to do the inverse. We're creating protein. So when this messenger RNA comes in here, what happens is transfer uh, tRNA, transcription RNA, brings a piece of this over to here based on what are called three sequence blocks. So ACG, I forget what it codes for, but this may bring in, for example, valine. Another block here, another three block here, et cetera, may bring in the next block, which could be alanine. The bottom line is what you get coming out of here is a block of amino acids. And this is protein. So this is sets of amino acids. And this is protein, okay? Now this protein may code for blue eyes, for example, blue eyes, or something else. So let me review here. You got a bunch of cells. Inside, you have DNA, a lot of different chromosomes. All these chromosomes have different uh, codings for different genes. We're looking at a single strand of DNA here. The DNA has these sets of bases. These little pieces of bases are used to code for a gene. The gene goes through a process called transcription. That's where we're transcribing here to get messenger RNA. Translation takes place here to create proteins. So from genes to proteins, and these proteins, by the way, intermingle here. Remember we talked about right here. Sets of proteins intermingle together to create particular protein functions, digestion processes, if you want to think about particular functions such as you having blue eyes. 
This is, by the way, what we thought was biology, that if you had a certain gene for a certain feature, you were destined for that. That means if you had the gene for cancer, you were going to get cancer. If you had the gene for blue eyes, you definitely were going to get it. And if you had the gene for some other horrible disease, you were destined to get it. That was the theory. However, remember, what is DNA? You've learned what DNA is. But the other part of this talk is why is it important how biology has changed? So let me switch now, since you understand what DNA is. Now, something fascinating took place around 2003, and that history goes back to the Human Genome Project. And let me share that with you. Around, around 1990s, 1993, uh, we started what's called the Human Genome Project. Right? Now, you guys are now experts at this, and you should understand why this was done. The Human Genome Project was to understand all those chromosomes in the human body and understand those little pieces of genes and what they code for. Like, for example, where is the part of the DNA that codes for blue eyes? Where is the part of the DNA that codes for my hair color? So scientists got together and they started this big project. What's interesting is we knew at the time of this that a, a lowly worm had about 20,000 genes. Okay, a worm had about 20,000 genes. So let me ask you, how many genes does a human being have? Well, a worm is a little small creature. We're so complex and smart. So the theory was around the 1990s, the idea was that we had, so I'm gonna put a number of genes here on this axis. On the y-axis, we have a number of genes. People thought we had about uh, 500,000 genes, right? We must at least be 25 times more complex than a worm. And that was a theory when the Genome Project started. By the way, this is called the HGP, that's a little acronym, the Human Genome Project. Now what's interesting is that every year went by, then around the late 90s, they thought it was 100,000 genes. And then uh, around the uh, uh, early 2000, it, it came down to 30,000. And today, around 2003, when the Genome, not today, when, the 2000, when 2003, when the Genome Project ended, it turns out we have about 20,000 genes. So let me repeat, we have about the same number of genes as a worm. Incredible, isn't it? We have the same number of genes as a worm. So this flipped biology on its head and a new field emerged called systems biology. Systems biology emerged. And what this said was, wait a minute, if we have the same number of genes as a worm, how come we're more complex? What's really going on? And that led into a field recognizing that we're not just our genes. So this is we, the big thing to take away is we are not just our genes. And this is a very big political statement. Why is this political? Because for centuries we've had politicians who've manipulated people, said, you know, you know, these group of people are stupid, these group of people are smart, these people are destined for this. Now, what systems biology showed is actually a lot more flexibility in all of this. And let me explain why this is so. If you remember, here's a cell, here's a nucleus, which has a DNA. And remember, the nucleus is putting out these proteins, proteins, right? And by the way, these proteins are interacting together, right? And these proteins, remember, these are the proteins in the cytoplasm. They all hang out and they're dancing around in here. It turns out these proteins actually can 
turn on and off DNA. So it's a feedback system. So think about it this way. If you have you know, a piano here, everyone, if you've seen a piano, a piano has different keys, right? I'm gonna do a little piano here. You have different keys on a piano. So this is your piano keyboard, let's say. Piano keyboard. Anyway, see your piano keyboard, okay? So what it turns out is genes are more like a piano keyboard. How many keys do we have on a piano? All piano keyboards are pretty much fixed. You have a finite set of keys. So let's assume these are 20,000 keys, okay? But if I asked you how many songs can you play on that keyboard? How many songs can we play on a piano keyboard? The answer is infinite. It's infinite. Because if you know, person X plays, person Y plays, based on their background, based on their ingenuity, you can create infinite number of songs. So the new theory, the new biology, says that, there, that we can play on our genes, and the, key, the keyboard here is the genes, and the things that play on it are not our fingers, but other things. For example, the environment, right? What you eat. What activities do you, the activities, do you relax, do you play, you know, do you meditate? Meditation has been shown to have incredible effects on the genome, Act, you know, activities, uh, you know, working out, right, yoga, etc. So the point is, these activities, so these are activities coming in, also, food, what you think even, thoughts, these can turn on and turn off genes turn on and turn off genes. So although maybe you came from a lineage of people who are aggressive and another group of people came from a lineage of people who are peaceful, that it's not true that you're destined to be that. And let me end by this giving you a very interesting example that was done in McGill University. They took some mice here. Uh, you know, this is a mouse. And these were angry mice. Angry mice. And this is a mother, a mouse mother. And then over here were peaceful mice. And I'm gonna do the mouse mother here of a peaceful mouse. May actually look more like a, a cat. But anyway, here's a peaceful mouse. And what they did was this mother, and this is also the mother here, and this mother had pups. So she had a bunch of little pups. So these are the mouse pups. And this mother had pups, okay? So angry mice pups, these are the pups, and peaceful mice pups. So these had the genes for being angry, the genes for being happy, peaceful mice. So what someone did was when these mice were nursing, they took one of these mice, the angry mice, and they put it over here. Okay, so now this mother is feeding an angry mice. Now if I asked you the the gene theory, what would you think that this mouse was gonna be? So here's an angry mice being fed by a mouse mother. Remember, it must have the genes for being angry. What happens? Fascinating. What happens is this mouse grows up to be a big mouse, and this mouse, is it angry or peaceful? Well, it turns out this mouse is quite happy. It's a happy mouse. And we'll come back to why. Um, and more interestingly, this mouse gets together with another mouse, 
And what happens? They have puppies, pups. Okay? Do you think these pups were angry or, or peaceful? Well, fascinating enough, these pups were also peaceful. Even though the genes were for angry mice. What happened? It turns out that peaceful mice actually lick their mouse pups. They lick their mouse pups. Angry mice never lick their mouse pups. Never lick their mouse pups. So what happens is, what they found is at a particular age, if the mouse pups are being licked in the ear, it turns on a set of chemical reactions which turns off a particular gene which affects a very interesting um, uh, chemical called cortisol. The bottom line is the mouse mother's nursing of the mouse, carrying it, literally affects the behavior of the subsequent mice because of the fact that certain genes were turned on or turned off, which means environmental factors. So this has opened up systems biology which shows that Yes, we have a certain amount of DNA. By the way, you know, this is not like, there's not you know, infinite limits, but the point is, it's more of a song here that can be played around with. So it's a very interesting story. So I hope you learned what is DNA, which is what we just went over here. We learned that you know, Bob here has got a bunch of cells. At some point, we may talk about the microbiome. We understand that DNA exists here. 46 chromosomes, DNA's code for genes. These genes code for proteins which affect different functions. They go through a process of mRNA, etc. But more importantly, we learned that you are not just your genes. That in the recent uh, last 15 years, biology has gone through a revolution. What we found here is that we have the same number of genes as a worm. That the fact is genes should be viewed more as a piano keyboard, environment, what you eat, different activities, can turn off and turn on genes, and this is very powerful. Now just to go back to where I'm at uh, with the DNA testing process, I actually got my DNA test, testing results back, and the results are frankly quite shocking, but that's for another day. See you back.